Today, the news in politics takes us out of Charlottesville, Virginia, thankfully, and takes us into Alabama. So Alabama is holding a runoff GOP primary to replace the senator's seat that was vacated when Jeff Sessions was appointed and confirmed as Attorney General of the United States for the Trump administration. Now, there's an interesting little dynamic going on among the GOP right now. So Luther Strange was appointed to temporarily fill the Alabama Republican Senate seat when Jeff Sessions left. However, now they're having the primary election, and the candidates who are running against him in the primary are acting and saying things that are very Trumpian, things that you would hear from Donald Trump during the 2016 presidential election. Now, this is odd that these individuals are gaining support because Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump are on the same side of this issue. They have both publicly endorsed current Senator Luther Strange to remain the Alabama Republican Senator. You've even got Donald Trump having robocalls uh, sent to you know citizens of Alabama over the last couple days. Uh, so this isn't just like a paper tiger kind of endorsement from Trump. He actually put some level of interest and effort into campaigning for Luther Strange. However, remember Alabama is a fairly red state in the United States. It went heavily for Donald Trump in the 2016 presidential election, and so people like Luther Strange's top opponent, Representative Mo Brooks, have seized upon the anti-McConnell platform and has been using Trump-like rhetoric in order to make it a, like on top of the polling field. He's doing things like promising to drain the swamp and attacking in, uh, intellectualism. Now remember, this guy is acting like Trump and getting support even though Donald Trump has said on his you know biggest platform, Twitter, that Luther Strange is his guy. In fact, Donald Trump said on August 8th, Senator Luther Strange has done a great job representing the people of the great state of Alabama. He has my complete and total endorsement. Nationally, Donald Trump's polling numbers have been dipping in the last few months, with many poll aggregators having him at around 35, 34, 36 percent, somewhere in those mid-30 areas. That's not a very high approval rating. And with this primary election, we'll be able to get another snapshot and another piece of insight into how well distributed across the nation those disapproval or approval numbers are coming from. Alabama, may be a state where Donald Trump is not getting higher disapproval. The outcome of this election could show just that. For more on politics and daily news and analysis, you are listening to Politics Explained. I'm Ian Shapiro. Political divisiveness among liberals, conservatives, Democrats, Republicans can come in many forms. One form that I have always been highly interested in is the rise of anti-intellectualism being skeptical of the scientific community. And this thought or belief system that, you know, elites are corrupt or they don't have the best interests of the people at heart or, you know, it's all fake news and science isn't real and we can't actually know anything is actually a belief system that uh, splits on the political divide of kind of a 
typical left-right spectrum. And we've seen this happen over time. So to give you a bit of an example, distrust in experts, whether they be political experts, you know, someone in the scientific community of a particular field, uh, has been increasing over time. Since 2015, according to a new Pew Research Center poll, Republican attitudes towards colleges and universities have become more negative over time. It's found that the number of Republicans who believe that college has a positive impact on the way things are going in our country dropped from 54% of Republicans saying that there was a positive impact of having colleges and universities in our country in 2015 to today in 2017. That number going, sorry, that number going from 54% to 36%. Uh, that's among Republicans, and Democrats have held their approval of colleges and universities constant at a 70 2% approval rating over this three-year period. So what does this mean? Why does this matter? Well, you know, you could say like, well, it matters because science is real and exists, but politically speaking, it matters because it means that candidates on the right and not the left are actually able to leverage anti-intellectual attitudes in order to gain political support. This may be one of the reasons why you see high-level officials like Donald Trump denying climate change change science and pulling out of places like the Paris Climate Accord, even though basically everyone except for their anti-intellectual uh, piece of their base says, no, this is not a great idea. Uh, don't do this just because you don't believe in science or just because you want to stick it to other world leaders like in Europe. Now, is the anti-intellectual part of the GOP base, you know, that big of a fracture, right? Is this a, a bigger issue among Republicans coming together than the no government involvement kind of Rand Paul's of the world versus the yes some government can be good uh, small limited government Paul Ryan's of the world uh, the data doesn't seem to bear that out right now that this is a true split between you know within the Republican Party but there certainly is evidence that anti-intellectualism falls a bit more on the side of conservatives than liberals uh, you can simply look at the 2016 presidential election results and you can see nine points uh, different differences in you know, who individuals who were intellectual versus anti-intellectual supported uh, between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. So there is a significant difference there. Uh, anyway, for more on anti-intellectualism and how we feel towards experts in the United States, uh, you're listening to Politics Explained. I'm Ian Shapiro. Hey everyone, it's me, Ian, again, your host for Politics Explained. Uh, I know that I said we were leaving Charlottesville and going to Alabama, but guess what? We're going to head back to Charlottesville because there's a lot of uh, post-mortem pieces on the alt-right and, uh, you know, hate-filled, bigotry-filled rally that occurred in Charlottesville, Virginia over the past weekend, uh, and I wanted to get more of the psychological perspective on individuals in the alt-right movement. So there is actually a Vox article that looks at a psychologist-distributed uh, survey that tries to understand um, the attitudes and belief systems of individuals who would attend a rally like this. Full disclosure, while the survey itself has been completed, uh, the study is still in a working paper form and has not been peer-reviewed or published in any kind of academic journal yet. These are preliminary results, uh, so the data won't change but perhaps the way that they're analyzed and the way that the analysis is eventually scrutinized will be changed. So keep that in mind as I go through these initial findings. 
So here are a few observations that we can make about, uh, you know, generally about individuals who attend these alt-right rallies and who identify as part of the alt-right. This is a group of individuals who support social hierarchies, right? They favor authority, law and order, things of that nature. However, with the caveat that these hierarchies favor whites at the top. Individuals who identify as the alt-right tend to be distrustful of mainstream media sources and strongly opposed to the Black Lives Matter movement, who they see as a, at least, equally as violent hate organization. So you may be asking yourself, if these researchers just collected a bunch of self-identified alt-right individuals, how do we actually know that they are more or less you know, bigoted, full of hate, like these types of things that you may associate with the group? How do we know that they're more of this thing than your average everyday Joe or the population at large? Well, the surveyors actually got 447 self-identified alt-righters uh, using the online survey device Amazon's Mechanical Turk, and they used, you know, they, they had them answer questions on individual level psychology and beliefs about society and hierarchy, but they also had an online sample of 382 individuals who did not identify as part of the alt-right. And so they were able to take these two groups and compare their average uh, scores on different psychological barometers and different survey questions. So that's kind of where this comparison is coming from. So essentially, scientists set up a survey for alt-righter, alt writers and a control group and take a bunch of different psychological measures on hate, dehumanization, views about how society should be structured, and then they compare the two groups and they try to see if there's any statistically and substantively significant differences between alt-writers and a control group of everyday Americans. If you are on Anchor, I'm going to go ahead and provide a link to the article, which itself provides links to the working paper and the publicly available survey data so you can take a look at that for yourself. If you're listening on Google Play or iTunes, the title of the article is Psychologists Surveyed Hundreds of Alt-Right Supporters. The results are unsettling. So yeah, a little bit of a clickbait of an article because it was you know, hosted on Vox, which is a generally left-leaning uh, media source. Although they are data-driven, you can definitely tell that they uh, lean to the left a bit on some of their articles. For more on the psychology of hate movements, you are listening to Politics Explained. I'm Ian Shapiro.